Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to cover episode 21, still working through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, there's two topics today in this section. It's called Lay Up Treasures in Heaven and the Eye as the Lamp. They tie in together, so that's why they're grouped together. So the last few podcasts we talked about getting rewards from prayer, helping others that are needy and fasting, etc. So let's see what God's written word says about laying up treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 24 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, is dark, excuse me, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So you may have heard the saying, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearst. If you haven't heard that, it's a great saying. You'll never find a U-Haul behind a hearst because you can't take it with you. This is kind of what Christ is saying. This life is temporary, so make your treasures in heaven priority number one over monetary treasures. Jesus also talks about how our pursuits and treasures are where our hearts truly are. Now, if you ask me, I think it'd be foolish to consider someone a sinner who wants to be successful and wealthy as an aim to honor and glorify God by helping his loved ones financially. Motives and intentions matter here. Selfish motives for self-glory are wrong. Selfless motives for the glory of God is right. So think about people who have sought after generational wealth, right? Think of someone, I want to put my nieces through college, my nephews through college. I want to pay my family members' houses off. I want to buy them cars. Like, I do not think that is wrong or sinful by any means. If someone wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to be successful so he can bless his loved ones, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like he's stacking up riches to selfishly hoard them. Again, intentions matter. The following information was ta taken from David Guzik's commentary. The master does not say it is wrong to possess earthly treasure. He does say it is wrong to lay it up for the self. We are to hold it as stewards. Jesus drew the conclusion that you can only have your treasure and your heart in one place at a time. So we can't store up treasure on earth and heaven simultaneously. It's not so much the disciples' wealth that Jesus was concerned with as much as their loyalty. As Matthew 6.24 will make explicit, materialism is in direct conflict with the loyalty to God. So before we continue, though, I think right here is a good lesson on, how, on taking things out of context. So when we read parts of the Bible, the subsections matter. The subsections within chapter 6 we are going over today is about the topic of earthly treasures versus heavenly treasures. So when we talk about the eye as the lamp of the body, we must interpret that sentence within the context of the paragraph, within the context of the subsection, within the context of the chapter, within the context of the book, and within the context of the New Testament in relationship to the Old Testament. So it's layered, right? You have to look at each relationship and how it's placed. Anyways, let's talk about the meaning now. The following information was taken from Benson Commentary. It is by the eye that a person has light to direct him in his bodily motions. 
and in the use of his bodily members. The following information was taken from Barnes' Notes in the Bible. The eye regulates the motion of the body. To have an object distinctly in view is necessary in order to correct the and regulate the action. So you see these commentaries are tying action and motion in with the eye. And there's more lessons in that. We'll talk about that. Uh, the following information was taken from Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. The light of the body is the eye, or the candle of the body is the eye. For the eye is that in the body as a candle is in the house. By the light of it, several members of the body perform their office. So it talks about the duties that are used by the light. So again, light drives action. So as you can see, the lamp analogy has kind of layered meaning to it. Given the content of the commentaries, it looks to me that it ties into human psychology into a couple different ways. One that comes to mind for me personally is forging for information, resources, or things. And two, acting out what we see or consume with our eyes. Let's think about this by asking a series of questions. Seven short questions just to kind of put things in perspective for you. Number one, what information do you forage for and why? What resources do you forage for and why? What material things do you forage for and why? In what way does television influence your behavior? In what way does television series influence your behavior? In what ways do movies influence your behavior? And in what way does social media influence your behavior? So things to think about, right? It's kind of depending on what you want to call it, social programming, prop, it can be considered propaganda. You know, when something is placed in front of you with a plot to produce evil, to participate in lawlessness and iniquity, you know, to me, it looks like Satan's trying to tempt us into potentially behaving that way. So when you're thinking about music, TV, the entertainment industry, movies, social media, all these things, how much does it really affect our behavior? Now, if you ask me, I think Satan knows human psychology just as well as God does. Prior to his fall, his name was Lucifer, which means the bringer of light or the bearer of light. And we know that light by biblical definition is truth and knowledge together with spiritual purity. After all, excuse me, after his fall, the light of Lucifer became the darkness of Satan, which is changing from truth to lies, still has knowledge, but instead of having the spiritual purity, he's got the spiritual perversion, right? So it's a distorted version of light now. It's darkness, of course, but he still bears that knowledge. The knowledge he had never changed. The difference is it's now he's the father of lies with spiritual perversion. So let's summarize today. Number one, we're going to five short summaries. Number one, make riches in heaven our primary focus. Number two, our pursuit of treasures show where our hearts are at. Number three, the eye is the lamp of the body, and what we consume or forage for with our eyes puts our body in motion, so remember that. Number four, Lucifer was a bringer of light prior to his fall, and he understands the eye is the lamp of the body, and he exploits people. As an example, through the entertainment industry, TV, social media, and etc. So be careful what you consume. And then number five, we can't serve God and money simultaneously. One has to take priority of the other. Make God first, money second. And if you have a lofty goal for
for generational wealth to help your family to bring honor and glory for God. There's nothing wrong with that. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.